I just wanted to tell you this is totally cute. I talked to my dad last night after the ritual. And every day we talked during this whole COVID time. So it's like, oh, yeah, we did a winter solstice ritual. And my dad, he's so cute. He's like, is that witch stuff? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yes, dad, that's witch stuff. And he says, oh, Pat Robertson's going to come after you. Welcome to Shit My Soul Says, a podcast about all things woo. I'm Jillian. And I'm Rosalie. And we are obsessed with anything having to do with alternative spirituality. And we want to share our obsession with you. Because woo is fun, but it's more fun with friends. I'm a reincarnation coach and energy worker. And I'm a practicing witch. So we've been around the woo block a time or two. Mm Mm-hmm. Each episode, we will be digging into a different topic, from tarot to third eyes to energy healing. We'll share our personal experiences and offer you practical advice for your own practice. So whether you're new to all of this or queen of the pagans, that's me, (laughs) everybody is welcome. No witch card needed. This is inclusive woo. We just want to laugh with you, learn with you, and talk about some woo shit with you. So let's do that. Let's talk about Shit My Soul Says. Let's get started with our weekly woo. Our weekly woo. It's woo Woo! time. (laughs) (laughs) Our weekly woo is when we talk about something that has happened in the past week that is magical or woo or just shows you how into this world Jillian and I are. Yes. So Jillian... What's your weekly woo? Well, mine is a really lighthearted topic. Uh oh. <laughs> so uh, it's about depression, actually, and how I use woo to deal with it, like lightly, or how I did yesterday, at least. Awesome. Um, so I deal with seasonal affective disorder, which is really awesome during the week of winter solstice, which is uh-huh. when it is right now when we're recording. And um, yeah, with COVID and being alone, it's just made everything a little bit harder. So I was definitely feeling it yesterday. Um, But I just love that I have all these different tools that I use. So I speak with my spirit guides and they boss me around, (laughs) which I really like. They're like, get up and take a shower. Go and do this. Go eat some food. And I'm just like, okay, great. I don't have to think. I'm just going to do whatever they tell me. So that's good. (laughs) And they did, you know, and then I did some energy work and all of that too, which was also very helpful. And they kind of also let me know that I was feeling depressed because I wasn't feeling emotions because, you know, my mother passed away and this was a big week for her. Christmas is always huge. And so it was just kind of made me aware of like, oh, yeah, that's why I have this sadness because I'm not allowing myself to feel it. Mm -hmm. So I was just felt really grateful that I had like, even though I'm alone, I'm not alone, you know, which is what really nice. That's awesome. And then I also have to throw in, so I don't know what your weekly woo is, so I hope I don't spoil yours. I doubt you will. Okay, good. <laughs> because so last night, we got together and we did a little ritual woo! for the winter solstice. And it was lovely. And um, yeah, and the other thing that was great about that, at the end of it, like I felt monumentally better like things felt clearer I just felt happier and more uplifted and I'm sure that could have also been partly just actually having social connection which is amazing (laughs) right now 
but I definitely think there was something about like just moving energy and moving and doing some magic and that sort of stuff that really yeah. kind of helped perk up my energy. So that's awesome. Yeah, I love my little woo tools. <laughs> my little woo tools. <laughs> I think I need to start using woo more to deal with my depression, which I have seasonal affective disorder and I have generalized depression and anxiety disorder. So, you know, it's lots of fun. A fun <laughs> mishmash of mental problems. It's delightful. <laughs> or mental opportunities. Oh, I like that. Yes. That's very corporate speak of you. <laughs> yes, that's my life coach coming out. <laughs> so my weekly woo is on a totally different wavelength. Jillian, do you know what a glitch in the matrix is? No, other than from the movie. Right. So people talk about glitches in the matrix which comes from the movie, where something happens that just doesn't make sense in some mm. way. And it, it's like, whoa, that there's there's something really wrong here. And nobody, I, I don't think anybody really knows why these glitches happen, whether it's a mental thing, like you're just remembering stuff wrong, or, you know, maybe it's a multi-parallel universe thing, or maybe it's that we're actually in the Matrix, which I don't believe, but you mm -hmm. never know. You never know. Well, we are in an alternate reality if 2020 has proved anything. Oh, so yeah. It could Absolutely. Be mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I had a pretty serious glitch in the Matrix experience. Oh. I posted on Facebook about how my childhood house was going up for sale. And my childhood friend who'd lived a block away from me said, oh, man, remember when we were jumping on the beds in your room? Because there were two. And I felt and like I hit the window and cut my foot. And now I have this big scar. And I was like, what? What? Because no, we were jumping on my beds. And then I hit the window with my foot. What? <laughs> And I have a big scar. What? I went to the hospital. I had like a hunk of glass about the size of a quarter removed from my foot. Oh, my goodness. I still have a scar that hurts. And like they had to leave a tiny piece of glass in my foot because the extensive surgery that would have been required to find it was more than it was worth. And like it came out of my body several years later. I have wow. all of these really intense memories. And my friend was like, um, no, I don't remember that. I remember that I hit the window and my foot got no. cut. <laughs> right? Isn't that bizarre? That is so bizarre. Because I never jumped because it was the reason we well, the reason we, the reason one of us hit the window was because we were jumping back and forth between the two beds oh. and fell off of one of them. That's amazing. That was right next to the window. So I never did that again. Like I stopped jumping on my bed. My friend probably didn't <laughs> jump on her bed ever again. You know? So anyway, that was my weekly woo. That is interesting. It's yeah. like you, maybe your souls combined in the moment or something. <laughs> I don't know. But what I don't understand is how we both have scars and the same memory about yes. how we got the scar. That is crazy. That is yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So that was my glitch in the matrix. Mm -hmm. What really happened? No one knows. Which, you know, brings us to our episode topic. Yes. 
we are going to be talking about magic today. Magic. Which, you know what, I think this is a really great topic for right now, because when this episode launches, it's going to be early January. And this might be a great episode for people to kind of make some magic for themselves for 2021, because Lord knows we need to be, you know, (laughs) casting spells and making things better for the 2021. Absolutely. (laughs) So, Uh, Rosalie, tell me, like, so magic, right? A lot of people aren't even going to know what we're talking about. They're going to think we're talking about like bewitched or something. So I would love to hear how you want to describe what magic is and what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. I think it's really important to specify that the magic that people typically talk about in pagan circles or, you know, just in general, it's not like, oh, hey, I'm going to throw a fireball or make somebody fall in love with me. Like, those are things that magic isn't really like that. The magic that I am familiar with and that I use on a regular basis is really just doing something to help you put your will into the world. Yes. So manifestation is a really common term used for the same sort of thing. Yes. And sometimes it has spectacular results and sometimes it has no results, but usually it's somewhere in between. And yeah, that's what I mean when I say magic. Yes. So very similar. I'm glad that you said that about manifestation because that's what I kind of learned and figured out. Like, of course, I wanted magic to be like Harry Potter magic, right? Right. Where like you do some chant and something levitates <laughs> or like <laughs> or like sparks shoot out of your fingertips or something like that. Uh-huh. But from my experience, what I've learned is it's really focused manifestation. That's what magic is. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you do magic, you're using and we'll get into this, but you're often using different tools or symbols or colors or things um, right. or words uh, and those kind of serve as vessels in my mind. This is the way that I've learned or I've interpreted it to really be able to focus your will and your manifestation powers, whatever those are, mm-hmm. and really kind of giving them using things to kind of give that a little bit of a boost and then sending it out into the world. So it's kind of like the secret on steroids is kind of what I would like to think about <laughs> magic. <laughs> I've never read The Secret, so... Oh, I have. I had a boyfriend who was really into it, so that was interesting. Oh, my mother also was like, The Secret, Jillian, you need to read this because you need to get a boyfriend. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) She gave me The Secret so I could get a boyfriend. Now, was that before or after the boyfriend who was really into The Secret? I don't remember. (laughs) That's a good question. I don't think I, if it was, I don't, I don't know if I manifested the right boyfriend, but anyway, that's another topic. He's a wonderful guy, but. <laughs> but he wasn't the right boyfriend for you. He was not the right boyfriend for me. So I was just going to say, I also want to throw in something too, when we're talking about magic today. So, you know, we've talked about what our interpretation of magic is and how we experience it. But I also want to say that there's lots of different cultural traditions out there around magic all around the world, both contemporary yeah. and historically. And we're not going to be really talking about other cultures magic um, for a variety of reasons, but mostly because I I at least don't feel qualified to really speak to in other cultures magical traditions. I don't know that much about them. So again, we're not gonna we're not gonna dig into that today. We're just gonna talk about the generic white bread magic that I think both of us practice. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If you can call magic of any kind generic and white bread. (laughs) (laughs) That generic magic. So, Rosalie, I am curious to know how you came about to discover your generic white bread magic. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, as a kid, I played around with it. Like, I truly, truly believed that magic was a thing and that magic worked. Yeah. And I was right. it didn't necessarily manifest how i expected it to but you know i definitely did things where i was like oh i'm gonna make magic potions which was mostly me taking various items from the bathroom like toothpaste and shampoo and conditioner and soap and whatever else i could find in the bathroom and just putting it into a bottle and shaking it up and then hiding it in my closet and so my mom was always like why do you have this weird bottle of liquid in your closet (laughs) it's my magic potion mom As I got older, you know, as a teenager, I got really interested in magic. A friend of mine got a book by Gerald Gardner, who was an interesting figure in Wicca. And she was talking about things like initiation rituals where people had to like act as though they were okay with being run through by a sword. But that really kind of scared me off. Yeah, I could see that. That's intense. Right? At the same time, I would regularly go to a store called the Psychic Eye. I have no idea if it's still around. But we would go to the Psychic Eye and we would look at all the stuff that we were too afraid to play with, Mm. right? Too afraid to buy. Yeah, so I just had this fear. Like, I can't possibly do this. This isn't for me. This is scary. This is dark. Mm. I'll get into things that I can't handle, that I can't undo if I do them. And then when I got to college... I started looking into it again and started to actually learn about what magic is, how it works, what's safe, what's not safe, how do you do it ethically, and then I started to really get into it. So it's something that I've just always been interested in. Yeah. And yeah, so what about you? Same. Same (laughs) Z's. Well, that was quick. And yeah, let's no, move on. It's different, actually. <laughs> the beginning, the origins are the same. So as a child, I, too, had a very active imagination and loved making potions. I would make <laughs> po- Kool-Aid potions, actually, and put them in a one of my mother's wine glasses and sit there, do a little incantation over it. Ooh. It was very magical. It's fantastic. <laughs> But it's funny, you you reminded me when you talked about the shampoo, bathroom, toothpaste, whatever concoction. So I had made a concoction, but I used powders. I used like flour and sugar. And I don't know, like I was making magical spell powder. And I kept it in a drawer in my in my dresser. And I was always like worried that my mom was gonna think it was cocaine. This is like when I was a, like a teenager, but she, she she never did. I never got accused of doing drugs. So <laughs> I think for me too, magic, my first feeling that like there's something kind of real was actually mm-hmm. wishes. I got into wishes when I was a child. I would wish yeah. upon a star I, like every night, all the time. And I had a big crush on this boy who I won't name because he could probably find out. But um, (laughs) he had gone away. He had left the school that I was at. And I made a wish that he came back because he was the love of my life. And um, anyway, he showed up at school again after, you know, a a quarter away or something. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my wish came true. There's, (laughs) There's magic in the world. Things can happen. So I think that was my first time like, wow, there is actually something magical in the world that we can kind of tap into. Yeah, so that was cool. But yeah, then when I was a teenager, I started uh, getting into paganism and experiencing that a lot. And 
um, paganism has often uh, rituals and spells that you can do and magic that you can cast. I was like, this is really cool. I want to do this. It's like lined up with everything that I'd always kind of wanted to get into as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did some rituals. And that I think is the beginnings of when I kind of realized like, oh, this isn't about I have to have an athame and I have to have a chalice of water and I have to have all these things in order to do magic. That's when I kind of realized like, oh, this is actually about me using different tools or symbols or whatever to focus my to focus that energy towards something. So yeah, absolutely. And I would also just add for a lot of people, the ritual is extraordinarily helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's fine to need a ritual to do magic. It's Absolutely. fine to to want to do the whole rigmarole and have the whole pageantry of a ritual or whatever it is that you need to feel like your magic is going to be effective. But it's also okay if you're like, I'm going to snap my fingers and manifest my will. You exactly. know, there's really no wrong way. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be this whole show, but it can be, yeah, whatever. That's the important thing. It should be whatever, like, lights you up, whatever works for you, because the more you're turned on by it, you know, um, but the more you're (laughs) turned on by it, the more powerful it's going to be. So if it feels bad or weird or restrictive, it's probably going to be less powerful. Well, now I'm picturing dildo magic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a thing, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I'm not. I don't use that. I'm not familiar with it, but. Oh, yeah. Sex magic is a whole thing. <laughs> oh, sex magic for sure. Yeah. For oh, but you're going sure. very specific about yeah, dildo yeah, magic. Yeah, specifically dildos. Yeah. I don't have any spells about dildo magic, but I can I make either. one up. <laughs> I do wonder what spell you would cast with the dildo, though. Would you use it as a wand? You could. Or is it like, would you empower it so it brought you more pleasure? Or would you use it to like draw in sex into your life? I guess there's just so many possibilities. The sky is the limit when it comes to dildo magic, Jillian. Fantastic. Well, speaking of spells, maybe, and other magic stuff, let's maybe talk about some of our weird or funny or odd or whatever magic little stories that we've experienced in our life. Absolutely. So I'll throw in one because I kind of alluded to it when I was talking about getting into paganism. I think this is probably the spell where it's like, "Mm, I don't know if I'm going to go through all of the steps here. So (laughs) I had found a spell that there was two of them. One was like an attraction spell, but the other one was an invisibility spell. And this is when I was still like learning about magic. And I'm like, I'm going to do this invisibility spell and see if I become invisible. Like I was a teenager, but still part of me thought like, what if I actually become invisible? Uh (laughs) I just love that. I still believe like at a 15 years old, that like, oh, you're going to become the invisible man. Um, (laughs) so I did the whole spell. I did all of the ritual and everything. And then the next day, uh, yeah, people could still see me. (laughs) I was like, well, I guess that didn't work. I didn't realize at the time that what it was really kind of manifesting is making it so that you were maybe a little less seen by people, not that you were invisible. I was being a little too literal uh, (laughs) with my little spell work. And I do sometimes wonder, like, I never turned that spell off or reversed it. I wonder if, like, if how, what kind of effects it may have had in my life um, that I wasn't even aware of. Well, maybe you should turn it off, Jillian. You should turn it off. <laughs> Boom! I mean, we're trying, yeah, we're trying to be seen by the world, or at least heard by the world, so. <laughs> That's right. 
Now, I don't, I think it's probably gone by now, but yeah, I, I cast it off. I cast you off. Spell. I just have to, to tell a little story. It's not yes. my personal magic story, but it has to do with invisibility spells. Mm. So I was doing this camping retreat with other magically inclined people. And there was a woman who decided to go to her tent and she wanted to be left alone. And, you know, it's kind of a crowded camping space so she did a little magic to make herself invisible so that okay people wouldn't know where to find her well eventually after a couple of hours where nobody had seen her people were like okay well where is she where did she go oh no <laughs> and people started looking around camp people were like knocking on her tent and and calling her name and somebody even like opened her tent and looked in and didn't see wow anything. just nothing couldn't find her anywhere. That's amazing. She eventually realized that she had done her invisibility spell a little too well because her back had spasmed while she was in her tent and she couldn't move. No. So she couldn't get out of her tent and she couldn't get her voice to be heard by anybody either. So when the person looked in her tent, she was there. She was lying on her sleeping bag and she was trying to say, help me, please, and couldn't. So eventually she got rid of her invisibility spell and she was able to call for help and we were able to get her help. But yeah, that's perfect though. That's perfect, Rosalie, because that really highlights, I think, how kind of how magic does work, right? You had my version yes. of the story, which I thought like, boom, I'm going to be closed walking around and nobody could see my skin or whatever, like mm-hmm. this, this movie magic sort of experience. Yes. But how magic, it, what it really is, is it's causing things to happen in the world to get that outcome that you are wanting. So it wasn't that she was literally mm-hmm. invisible, but that all these different things happened so that people couldn't see or hear her. Which is also why you have to be careful with magic and careful about what you're asking for. That's the other thing that I think is really great about that story. Yes. And, you know, just to to kind of harp on the invisibility thing for just another minute, you know, if you decide to do invisibility magic, because you're like, that sounds pretty cool. Make sure you're extra double careful when you're doing things like crossing the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because, point. because people might not see you. And you don't want to get hit by a car or cause an accident because somebody looked at you and their eyes just passed right over you. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, you got to be careful about yes. what, you, what you're creating. Exactly. You know, magic has so many different forms and it can come at so many different times. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be like big, fancy, I want to be invisible magic or it can simply be, I just want a parking spot. Blowing out birthday candles on your birthday. After you've made a wish, that's that's magic. Yep. Lighting a candle for somebody, whether it's at a church or just because you're you're honoring somebody's memory, whatever, lighting a candle is a form of magic. Yes. Wishing upon a star mm-hmm. can be magic. Or tossing your coin in a fountain with a wish. Yes. Vision boards too. Vision boards are another kind of magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Vision boards can be really, really potent magic. Yep. Anything that you are doing to manifest. So I think that's really great because like, right, we've got listeners that are like, magic, what the heck is this episode about? And they think that it's this thing apart from them that they don't know about, that they don't do. And the Mm -hmm. truth is, I'm going to bet every single one of our listeners has practiced some form of magic. I just didn't call it magic. That's all. You know, like like we said, wishing upon a star. Have you done that? Done. 
You're a magician. Congratulations. I would even go so far as to say that prayer is a form of magic. Mm-hmm. I did think about that. And it and prayer is not always asking for something, right? Like people yeah. aren't always like, oh, God, please give me whatever. But a lot of times people do pray for things and they're asking specifically for help from their God or mm-hmm. goddess or whatever. And asking for help from the universe, from your deities, from your guides, like that is a form of magic as well. So it's kind of interesting that you bring it up because I had thought about that when we were talking about what magic could be. And so for me, there there are at least two pieces, right? One is when you're using your own energy Mm -hmm. and directing it out into the world to make something happen. You're using your own force of will versus putting out a request to another being or entity like God or a spirit guide to come in and use their energy to help make things happen in the world. Hmm. And so, yes, I agree. Both of them are are qualify as magic because they're something kind of intangible creating a result in your life. But it is Hmm. kind of interesting to note that there are these two different aspects of of how this energy, or at least my experience of it. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I usually, not always, but I often combine the two. Yes. And to me, magic is not something that you do instead of putting the work in. Yeah, absolutely. Magic is something you do in addition to putting all the work in that you need to do to make something happen. So if you are looking for a job, for instance, if you're like, I need a job, I'm going to do a spell to get the job that I want. Great, you do the spell. But I'll tell you what, if you don't start looking for jobs, if you don't talk to people and update your resume and write good cover letters and and do all of the work that you need to get a job, the magic isn't going to do anything. You're not Mm going to just sit around on your couch and get a phone call from someone saying, Oh, hey, hi, I would like to hire you. Yeah. But it's also important to put your own, very important to put your own will into things too, that you're actually yes. doing, right? Because as part of the physical existence is going through that those steps. And it's kind of more like magic is helping align those opportunities to you so that you're getting those opportunities that are in alignment right. with what you really want. There's there's a, a big question that I think a lot of people will have because popular culture has given us this idea that there are some people who are born magical, right? Mm. Like, some people are inherently magical, and other people are not. And that's it that if you're magic, you're magic, if you're not, you're not. What do you think? Do you think that magic is available to everybody? Or that it's just limited to a few talented people? Like, what's your what's your thought on that? I think it's if you're a human being, you're magical. Yes. I think it's part of our it's part of our energetic makeup is to be able to to cause things to happen in the world. I also think it's available to everybody. For me, kind of what I think of it is anybody can learn how to play the piano. Uh, there's there's literally nothing that can prevent you from the process of learning other than, you know, like access to a piano, right? But anybody can learn how to drum. How about that? Sure. And there are some people who have what we would call like a natural talent at drumming or piano or music or something, right? Whatever it is. And it can be athletics. It doesn't matter. There's so many examples of this. Some people are just really, really good at math. You know, it just comes to them easily and other people really struggle with it. But just like anything, you can do it. Yes. If you try. Yeah, absolutely. And the more you try, the easier it gets and the better you get at it. I may never become a concert pianist, 
But if I just if I worked really hard at it, I could become a passable pianist. Absolutely. I just think it's it's important to recognize that, yes, there are some people where it's like magic just comes to them instantly and they don't have to put a lot of effort into it. And that's not because they're special. It's just because they happen to be born that way. And I think that there could be an, a reincarnation piece to that where somebody yeah. who had practiced magic a lot in a previous life and had really put in the effort in another life now has that still available to them. I agree with that totally. And I would also say that no matter how much innate talent you have for magic, if you don't use it, it's going to atrophy. Hmm. Just like if you're a great basketball player, if you don't play basketball for five years, you're not going to suddenly be recruited for the NBA. <laughs> you're you're going to need to get those muscles and those, those muscle memories back. Yeah. And I've certainly experienced that as somebody who stopped being spiritual for a few years, yes. where it was like, oh, magic is really hard now. What happened? Why is this so hard? And it's because it's it atrophies, just like yep. any muscle, right? Yep. Yeah. I think no matter where you're at, you can do magic. And totally the more you agree. do it, the easier it'll get. Yes, I totally agree. Well, I will tell you, like, what I use magic for, I actually don't do magic a lot of, like, spell kind of stuff. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just seems like a lot of work to me sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. But I do have my own little ways of doing magic and kind of touched upon one of the things that you had mentioned. I like using it when I am wanting to move into a new apartment mm -hmm. and for a new job. And what I like to do is just take out a piece of paper and just write down everything that I want in that job or that apartment and kind of also ask the universe or my spirit guides for help to kind of make this happen. And so I actually did this before I moved down to Portland. It's, it's kind of funny to get a job. And I had listed mm. out everything that I wanted. And when I went back, um, I, yeah, I had gotten it. I had gotten most of it. But the one that really cracked me up is I had asked for a job that was on our max light rail. Because I'm a big transit person, I wanted to be able to take the mass transit into work. So I had asked for it to be on the light rail. However, I did not ask for my apartment to be on the light rail. So yeah, actually, the job was at a light rail stop. But it did me no good. Because I didn't live by the light rail at all. So I was like, well, that happened. I, ma I made that happen that manifested that I really didn't think through what I needed there. So Oops. that was kind of funny. I think that that is a good transition into magical cautions. Yeah. What do we need to be aware of when doing magic? So one of the things I want to throw out there. So my background in learning about magic often is really tied to what I've learned about through paganism um, and my mm -hmm. learnings in paganism. And in paganism, there is this, or Wicca specifically, I guess, I don't know. There is <laughs> something called the threefold rule. And mm -hmm. what, and I'm sure you have a take on it too, Rosalie. I'm curious to hear. But the idea is that whatever you put out comes back to you threefold. So that's one of the things I wanted to throw out there when you're talking about magic is just remember that whatever you're putting into the world. So you want to be careful about not putting negative intent into the world because you don't want that coming back at you. Like if you have a problem with the coworker doing some sort of a negative spell towards that, that's just going to come back to you three times as worse. So don't do it. You know, I've definitely heard the threefold rule. 
And I think that I don't 100% agree with the threefold aspect of it. I do think that there's a karmic piece where if you do something, it will come back to you. It might not come back to you in this lifetime. Yep, very true. And I think that's really important to to think about because you might say like, oh my gosh, I cursed so-and-so and nothing bad happened to me because of it. And you know what? That's just going to come and bite you in the ass later. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware that everything that you do has consequences. Yep. An opposite and equal reaction. <laughs> At least equal. Yes, absolutely. Yes. One of the things that I really do believe in is that when you do magic to someone else, you are also doing that to yourself because you are putting so much energy and intention into that, that it's going to just infuse your life as well. Yes. Like if you're really, if you're feeling the road rage and you're like, that guy deserves to get a ticket for speeding Mm because they're being a complete asshole on the road. Well, you know, you got to be careful because then if you speed, you're probably going to get a ticket. Yep. Well, and I, and I think that, you know, really highlights that idea about be care- be really thoughtful about what you are asking for. I read yes. one story, I keep this in mind all the time, about somebody who wanted to pay off all of her debt mm-hmm. and really put that out into the universe. Well, what ended up happening is all these debts that she had forgotten about or didn't know about started coming due to her. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. So like words have power and your intention has power. So just, you know, be really clear, really think through. And also like on that note too, like if you're really trying to make something happen, you don't want to be focusing on what you don't want to happen, right? right? Because then you're putting energy and power into that thing. I I want to be, I want to let go of my poverty mindset because I hate feeling this way and this way. And I hate all these things that happen to me. Well, you're then in putting more energy into all those things that you don't like. Yes. So really focusing on what you want to create and get really clear about it. I would also add, if you're going to be calling on any deities, make sure that the deities you're calling on are ones who are good to work with or Mm. that you're very, very particular in how you phrase things. Mm -hmm. So I had a cat who had to have his teeth out. His teeth were really bad and I was a grad student and I didn't have any money. And it turns out that getting teeth removed is an expensive procedure. It's very expensive. And so I prayed to Bast or Bastet, the Egyptian goddess of cats, because she's the main cat cat goddess. She's the cat. Right. Yeah, the cat god. Yeah. (laughs) And so I prayed to her and I said, you know, please, I just need the money to be able to fix his teeth. And as soon as I get that money, I will get him taken care of. But I I just need your help helping my cat. And, you know, it turns out that Bost cares a lot about cats. Great. She doesn't care a lot about humans. (laughs) Yeah, I could figure that. That's a cat, right? (laughs) (laughs) And she definitely doesn't care about humans' belongings. And within a couple of days, I was in a car accident where my car was totaled and I was given a check just for the value of the car. And it was more than enough to pay for the cat 
tooth extraction. Yep. And so I got the money and I was like, well, I better not piss Bost off. Yeah. <laughs> I scheduled his appointment as soon as I had that check in hand. Post haste. Be aware. Keep, keep that in mind. <laughs> Any other cautions about magic? Love spells. Love spells. Talk about love spells. Everybody loves love spells. So, yeah, love spells are problematic in a lot of ways. You can do a love spell ethically, but it's really focused more on self-love and being open to love. Mm -hmm. You can't target a specific person. Yeah, I just want to say, yeah, that's one of the things that you want to be careful when you're doing magic or manifestation or whatever. You need to respect other people's autonomy, yes. right? You have to respect that what they want and what their will is in the world. You can't put your, it's not wise to put your will upon them. So you don't want to make somebody fall in love with you via a love spell because that's A, it's just disrespectful and B, it can be, you know, it can come back to you in a negative way. I think it's really important that you obtain enthusiastic consent from people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like magically or not, always yeah. go for enthusiastic consent. When I was when I was in high school, I had this obsession with the name Alex, and I really wanted a new boy to come to school. I wanted a new kid at school, and I wanted him to play the saxophone, and I wanted him to like me. <laughs> very specific grizzly <laughs> right and why the saxophone now i think it's like the least sexy instrument but like at the time it was like oh back the in the saxophone day is so yeah that sexy. was that was the saxophone <laughs> <laughs> so i just had it was just this wish that i had like i wish this would happen and i wished it like all the time and one day there was a new boy at school named alex and Alex had never picked up an instrument in his life, but suddenly he decided he wanted to play the saxophone <laughs> band. Oh, no. And he made it very clear that he was interested in me. Nice. I thought he was horrible. Well, there you go. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know why I'm playing the saxophone. <laughs> And it's funny because as soon as I was like, okay, never mind, I unwished, I unwished that. He quit band. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I never saw him again. Like, I mean, he was still at the school, but I just never didn't have any classes with him or anything like that. You banished him. I banished him. <laughs> so, you know, that was a really, really PG kind of cute story of how that happened, but it can get really dark. Mm -hmm. Yes, it can. I don't have any dark stories, thank goodness, but <laughs> yes, be careful. Well, another note that I wanted to talk about, too, with magic and other people, right, besides just mm -hmm. love spells, it could be really tempting to do a magic spell for somebody with the best intentions, right? Like mm -hmm. maybe um, a health spell for somebody that you love or care about. And that's another one, like you want to work on getting consent in in some way, even if, even if it's like asking their spirit or whatever, because there could be a whatever they're dealing with, it could actually be something really positive for them in the long run. And like, mm -hmm. maybe that illness is something that's going to help them learn some life lesson or, or have this new connection with somebody or bring something positive into their life. And if you override that, what they're naturally wanting or needing in their life, that might not really be for their best interest. So What's another right. caution I would put out there about like magic regarding other people? Yeah. So one thing that I kind of realized, we've been talking a lot around magic, 
right? Mm-hmm. We've been talking about what you can use magic for. You can. T- we've been talking about all the different ways magic can look like. But we haven't described what it actually looks like to do the traditional type of magic that we're talking about. So mm-hmm. we've been talking about as if people know what we're talking about. <laughs> and they probably don't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so they're probably pretty confused about this point. How would you describe it to people? How would you get started? In my readings and learnings, what it was is that you created an altar. So like just tabletop, right? Maybe you put a scarf down on top of it. And then at each of the four points that correspond with the direction, so east, west, north, and south, you would put something in that location on that table um, that represented things that corresponded with that element. So north would be earth, south, South would be fire, um, east is air, and west is water. So something that held each of those. And then additionally, there are crystals that I would put on the table that were in alignment with whatever work I was trying to do. So if it was like love, maybe it would be a rose quartz. If it was money, maybe some sort of green stones, that sort of thing. Uh, Also uh, incense as well that had a, a property that was kind of, you can go and look up and see like, what's in alignment with money and there's going to be all sorts of different sorts of herbs and incense spells and colors and there's also this whole little world out there of things that correlate with that particular thing that you want to create whether it's love or money or health or whatnot so when i talked about like things that can help you focus your energy or your thoughts it's that sort of stuff uh and so then a part of that you'd cast a circle to kind of create protected space and um, bring in the elements, you'd invite in um, gods or goddesses or whomever you're working with, and then do some sort of a, a ritual alongside of that, that would be maybe it's an invocation, a series of words that you're saying, or just speaking out loud what you're wanting, maybe you're writing down something as part of that, or doing some sort of a physically creative thing like maybe making something out of clay or you know something where you're participating and building up some energy mm-hmm. um, and then really yeah focusing on building up that energy maybe through a chant and uh, opening it up and releasing it into the world is is in a nutshell <laughs> uh, my story about how you the traditional way to make magic and do magic and I would say you know that is absolutely one way to do it. And, you know, there are different schools of magic where it's really ritual-based. And so if that's your jam, great. Or you can light a candle and say, I want this. There's a lot of different ways to do magic. Yeah, and I think that's the point. When I first read, like, I thought I had to do all of these things, and it just seemed like a lot to me. And it didn't seem like something I wanted to do all of the time. But then it was nice to be like, oh, you know what, I I can just focus on I know green, to me, green is money. And so maybe I'll get a green candle, you mm-hmm. know, and just blur, burn a candle and kind of ask for more money, that sort of thing. So it can be simple. And, and maybe you have your own symbols, like maybe for you, money is turquoise, maybe that's your color that associate mm-hmm. that you're associated with money. So use that instead, like whatever kind of resonates with you. Absolutely. And there's no wrong answer for that. No wrong answers. You're going to find stuff in books that are like, green means this, this, and this. And that's all that it means. But if you look around the world, you're going to find that different cultures have different, they ascribe different meanings to different things. Yeah, absolutely. 
So it's really whatever works for you. Yeah. You know, you can do kitchen witchery is a really common thing where you, you know, the there's the joke that like, oh, the secret ingredient is love. But sometimes people do put love into their food when they're cooking <laughs> it, you know? Yes. Like, I want my family to feel this love that I feel for them in this particular way. Yes. Or, you know, you can put certain herbs and spices that have different meanings and, and you know, then eat it for yourself and say like, okay, well, I want to bring in like, I don't know, spicy something, whatever. And then you put spices and I'm not a kitchen witch. I shouldn't be talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) I would just as soon never cook. (laughs) So this gives you a vague idea so you could do your own research. (laughs) We don't know everything. Right. You know, there's just so many different ways of doing magic. Yeah. If you can imagine it, you can do it. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. Like, so if you're you're thinking about like, oh, I want to play around with magic. I mean, here we are. It's the beginning of 2021. And you want to be really thoughtful about what you want to create this year. You could create your own, like write up your own little spell. What would be a fun way for you to do magic? And I really like to emphasize the word fun. Like, what does it look yes. like to you? Like, maybe there's a song that you're going to want to play on the radio that like, resonates with what you want to bring in. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a weird chant you want to make up. Go for (laughs) it. Uh, Maybe it's certain color candles or stones or uh, maybe you make a drawing. Maybe it's like an art magic. You know, there's there's, anything is possible. Maybe it's dildo magic. Maybe it's dildo (laughs) magic. Just, you know, just think through like, what do you want to create in your life? And be really thoughtful about like, careful with your words, like we've said. And just putting in your intention and putting it into the world and just ask, you know, for it to come out in the highest good for all is always good. Yes. And also, there's lots of books out there. So, you know, so you can go ahead and, and make things up. But some people don't aren't comfortable with that, right? Some people mm-hmm. aren't comfortable with uh, trying to figure things out and they want guidance. Well, there are a lot of books out there. If you go to your local metaphysical bookshop, um, there are all sorts of spell books. And I don't know, Rosalie, do you have any like books that you particularly recommend or like? There's a book called The Encyclopedia of 5000 Spells by, by Judica Illis. I don't know if her, that's how you pronounce her last name, but we'll link to it in our in our show notes. Yep. It is a book that literally has 5000 spells in it. It is a tome. It is wow. big. And this the author researched magic from lots of different cultures and she just put everything in there, whether it's positive or negative or whatever. She just put like all of these different spells in there. And so you can say like, I want to to get a new job. And so you look for jobs and Mm -hmm. in the index and then you find the page that has all the the spells for jobs and there's, you know, a dozen for for different things. And so you can see like what different types of spells people have done in the past and what different things people have used that they associated with that and you can get ideas from it. You can you can copy a spell directly and do it that way if you want. Mm -hmm. I typically don't. But, you know, whatever works for you, there's and there's tons of other books out there. But I guarantee you, your local metaphysical bookstore, anybody who works there should have a pretty good way of helping you find the right book. One thing that I do want to mention is, you know, sometimes when you're doing things that are woo, especially if you're new to woo, you can feel absolutely ridiculous. Yes, particularly spell work. It can feel really weird the first time you're doing it. You're like, 
you can feel like you don't, you're not supposed to be doing it or you're like, you don't belong. But, right. you know, like, this is somebody else's stuff that you're yeah. playing with. Or that you're just like, you're being a conspiracy theorist or you're you're doing just the weirdest stuff and, and yes. what's wrong with you. Or you have to hide it from the people that you love. Yes. Um, and so the, the thing that I want to say to you, first of all, is that's okay. It's okay yeah. to feel ridiculous doing it. Absolutely. Right. Which is why it's so important that you find things that resonate with you. Yeah. Because if you are doing something that's completely antithetical to who you are as a person, don't. Just yeah. make it work for you. If it says that you need a wand to do your spell and you think that just is the weirdest crap you've ever heard in your life, don't use a wand. Mm-hmm. Feel free to use a dildo instead. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Or nothing. Or your finger. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever works. Don't expect to be shooting sparks from your fingers or, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to fly on a broomstick. Those things are not going to happen. Don't expect to be completely invisible. Yeah. So just set up realistic expectations. Yes. The idea is with magic is not like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get something that's totally, totally and completely unattainable for who I am. Like, don't. Don't do magic to become a princess unless you happen to, like, hang out in circles where you're likely to meet a prince. And the thing that I would throw in, too, is, you know, what you had said earlier, Rosalie, which is, like, it's a muscle, right? So the first time Mm -hmm. you start working magic, you might not have really dramatic results. It might be a little bit more subtle. But the more you do it, the more, the stronger that muscle gets, Um, And the more powerful you're going to be able to see the results of your work. So keep that in mind, too. Like maybe you begin and you try to become a princess and it just (laughs) means you're a princess for Halloween. (laughs) Like It could be that. But maybe you've been doing it for 10 years and lo and behold, you do end up meeting a prince at some coffee shop and now you are (laughs) a princess. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. It could happen. It, I don't rule anything out in this world. Go with the flow of the mat. Like, go with the flow because you're putting energy out there, right? Mm-hmm. And so you want to get in alignment with it. And so, like, yes. that's what I would say, particularly when you're talking about doing the work. I like to say, like, get in that stream of energy and do the work you're inspired to do. Like, I think that's part of how magic will speak through you. Like, like, okay, I really feel it resonates with me to be sending my resume out to these particular places if you're looking for a job. Mm -hmm. And maybe you get the tone like you don't really want to be sending your resume to some other places. Like, then don't. That's probably not the way the energy is flowing. Yeah. So doing the work, but you don't have to do the work in a way that's like hard and a struggle. It's just like, going with the energy that's there. Agreed. Um, And then the other thing is, you know, sometimes magic doesn't work. Talk more about that, Rosalie. Well, I mean, sometimes you put your energy into the world and it just, it it fizzles out. It doesn't, nothing Mm -hmm. happens. And maybe it's not in your highest good. And maybe that's why it didn't happen. Your highest good, right? So that's something to think about is maybe you've done a spell and you're like, literally nothing is happening this is frustrating magic doesn't work Mm -hmm. those bitches are full of it (laughs) those bitches are full of it (laughs) i am listening to shit my soul says it's shit (laughs) but you know um what really comes to mind when you say that too is that maybe you've already done magic and you didn't realize it 
And mm-hmm. it's like contrary to the magic you've done. The example that comes to mind is like around money. Like we often can be mm-hmm. so like focused on, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. I'm in debt. Da, 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 da. Well, that's in a way that's magic that you're doing because you're putting that energy into the world and you're creating more of that experience. Mm-hmm. And then if you do this small little, I'm lighting a little two inch green candle and just wanting more money. Well, it's a it's a lot to ask for that energy to counteract those 10 years of negative energy around money that you've put out there. So Mm -hmm. it might take a bit more work and it might take a bit more time. Yes. And if you're calling on any sort of entity, any deities, if what you're asking for is not in alignment with their energy, they're probably not going to help you. Oh, so get to know your peeps. Right. So if you're like, I want to call on Ares, the god of war, to help me bring peace to the world. Probably not. Ares is not into that. Right. Quan Yin, on the other hand, really is. So think about that as well. Yeah. But mostly just keep trying. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're trying to do everything for the greater good, for your higher self, you're probably not going to do anything too bad. So Rosalie, here's a question I have for you. What about the theory around not speaking about the magic that you've done because it might break the spell? No. Okay. If anything, I think that it strengthens the energy. The one, the one thing I would say mm-hmm. is if you talk to somebody who shits all over it. That's what I was going to say. Then that's not going to help, right? That's going to kind of fuck up your energy. Yeah, that's kind of the idea is that you, that's why you might want to be careful about talking about it because you don't want to have people that just, yeah, shit on your parade. Mm-hmm. Take a big shit on your parade. All right. Well, we have been talking and talking and talking. We have been. I think it might be time to do our tarot reading. I pulled the five of wands, which, you know, that's that's an interesting card to pull because it's not uh, it's not a positive one. It's not inherently negative necessarily. But if you listen to our tarot episode, I talk about men with sticks. Those men with sticks. This was the card I was picturing in my head. (laughs) Now, there are no men with sticks in my deck, the wild unknown tarot, but there's sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because wands are sticks. You know, this is about conflict. And it's about struggling. Mm. And I think it's something to really think about, especially You know, it's the new year. People are wanting all of the pandemic crap to be over and they just are exhausted. And I think after the holidays, when we may not have been able to see the people that we love the most or have the experiences that we're used to or the traditions that we've done, like, I think it's really common to feel like you're at the end of your rope and to feel just like... It's a battle. Yeah, like you want to lash out at, at people. And so... That's just something to really keep in mind is like, this is temporary, it's circumstantial. And I'm really curious to know what Jillian drew to see if that has any like additional thoughts. Oh, interesting. I got the six of coins. Oh, so or pentacles, however you want to say it. So um, to describe this card, it's a man, at least in the Rider weight tarot. It's a man who's giving money to two people in blankets sitting on the ground. So I guess maybe the, the thing that kind of pops into my mind to that to kind of go along with uh, with what Rosalie's card was, is it's I think it's important to remember that everybody right now is struggling. Everybody right now is in this battle 
to survive this mm-hmm. freaking COVID shit show that we're in. And so to be charitable with people, to be like understanding of what people are going through, maybe yes. to actually be financially charitable and help people that are financially struggling out there. So yeah, so to remember that even in the middle of battle and the middle of strife, you can draw upon like the good aspects of humanity and try to help people through that struggle and strife. Yeah. And and I also want to add, if you feel like you don't have anything to spare financially, you can give kindness. Maybe you could do a spell. Or you could do a spell. <laughs> you could do a spell to help uh, manifest financial prosperity for those who are ready for it. And, you know, so now that we're speaking about financial prosperity, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And we would like to manifest some financial prosperity so that we can pay for all the podcast shit. (laughs) Pay for all the podcast shit. (laughs) How you can help us is by subscribing on your favorite podcast player rating, preferably five stars, of course, (laughs) but giving us an honest rating and an honest review and listening every other week and then um, telling your friends. Yes. And go to our website, shitmysoulsayspodcast.com. And there you can subscribe to our newsletter where you can get an announcement every time we have a new podcast episode up in case you can't remember to check in your (laughs) player every two weeks or wherever. And also, we will be posting episode notes as well. So if you're interested in any of the stuff that we've talked about, um, you'll find out more and there'll be links and even affiliate links. Some of them are affiliate links. So you don't have to spend any money. And yet we might get a portion of the proceeds. Well, you will have to spend money as far as buying something for yourself. But you don't have to give it directly to us. Of course, we also have our Patreon page, um, which you can link to from our website. And that is a place where you can give us a small monthly contribution. And in exchange, you'll get some fun extras that we are not going to post to the public. And we would very much appreciate that. Otherwise, just send us some good vibes. We're also good with that. Yes. And join us in two weeks from today when we will be talking about my favorite subject. Jillian's favorite topic. (laughs) Reincarnation. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. Tell us what shit your soul says. Yeah. What shit does your soul say? Write us an email and let us know your stories. And as always, do your woo. Do your woo. 